you want to learn more about effective Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from MadSingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Adam Liette. Welcome, Adam. Thank you so much for having me today, Mads. It's great to be on your show and uh, look forward to our conversation. Fantastic. And we are going to talk about some very interesting management areas, such as communication and one of the things that are key in management, which is predictability. But just before we get into that, could you share a little bit with the audience about who you are and how you ended up where you are right now? Absolutely. Love to. So my background is a bit mixed. I've been all over the map. Um, but I'd say the biggest part of my story is uh, for 12 and a half years, I was an active duty soldier in the United States Army, uh, served in special operations, deployed all over the world, led teams of two to four to six to entire companies of 100 to 200 paratroopers, mostly. So we're all airborne soldiers um, that really helped establish and create the person that I am. Uh, when I came into the entrepreneurial world, I actually spent a number of years as director of operations for a company. I grew that company from four to 20 employees, and I did all that before setting out on my own in the last uh, last quarter. It's pretty new that I have my own company. Uh, so I started Smooth Operations just a couple of months ago to really help uh, business owners with their operations and develop the operator role in their company. Fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, Adam, communication. The single most frequent behavior we engage in as humans, but yes. particularly as leaders and managers, it is so, so critically important. Tell me a little bit more about how you look at it and sort of your key focus areas around communication. For sure. I like to think of a business as a living, breathing organization, right? It's not just cogs on a wheel. It's not just your org chart. It is living, breathing human beings. And we know from behavioral science, we know from every interaction we have, that people work the best when we're on schedules, when we're working from a place of comfort, from a place of um, being able to have expectations and see expectations met. So when we're talking about communications with your team, that's where I leverage the most and where I'm constantly looking to in my teams is how do I make this so my team members have predictability, they have a stable steady flow of information downwards to them, but also a conduit to push information back up to be able to reflect their feelings, their emotions, their insecurities, because they're going to have those, right? Um, if they don't have an output for it, if they don't have a conduit to reach out to you, it's just going to sit there, right? And that's how we get people that are unhappy. That's how we get people that are not sure about what to do in their job. It's that insecurity and that well, where do I go now? I don't know what to do. And we are able to create those modalities within of, within our companies. So it all comes through structure, through scheduling. And in the online industry, I don't know, we feel like, well, we don't need to have meetings. You absolutely do need to have meetings. And when you structure them, they become fun. Okay. Could, meetings could, for the sake of it is Could awful. not agree more. Could not yes, agree more. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. So, so how do you structure it? Like, what, what's your like? If if someone's sitting out there running a small business, have a couple of staff members, like, what? How do you structure the communication, and what what do you talk about with your staff? Sure. 
so first we need to take a look at our organization at a whole as a whole and really start to figure out well how big are we do we need are we in departmentals yet most small companies aren't yet they're in if you're in the three to six employee range you're not you don't have a you might have a marketing lead but you don't have a marketing department yet so we can go really simple on this we need to start from the very basics a if you're not having a weekly team meeting with your entire team that'd be the first thing that I would implement. And I'd, I always have that at the start of week, uh, a place for you to get together, to communicate what's going on in the business that week, uh, what happened the week before, a place to review, reflect, and then let everyone move into their work week with intention. Uh, so the beginning of week meeting, I think is critical. From there, I try to implement daily calls. It might, now there's certain ways to do it depending on, 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 time zones and all of that, but even just a daily touch point that you're having with your teams. One little trick that I've used is I will use Zoom and I'll literally record myself talking to the camera for two to three minutes, just telling the team what's going on that day. And what do they get from that? They get to start every day with my beautiful face on their computer screen. And what does that do for me as the leader? It every day starts with me. Every day starts with my voice in their ears giving them their marching orders for the day, giving them their direction and providing any input that they need to have for that day. So those are the two things I would start with, weekly meetings and some kind of daily communication that you're giving to your team in terms of outward, downward uh, information flows. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm definitely a, a huge fan of weekly meetings um, and I think both one-to-ones and team meetings. Um mm-hmm. I don't necessarily do daily meetings, but I am a big fan of doing these video updates. I think uh, a lot yes. of time, particularly when you grow bigger companies, I mean, I have companies with, with very large audience and 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 utilizing video is, is very beneficial, right? Because before it's kind of these boring emails and people never read them and so on, but now you can actually record some video and make it, make it a bit more exciting than it used to be. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting what you said there, like emails versus video versus what, like we have these communication modalities that we lean to, like ways that we're communicating. Is your team on the same page? That'd be an interesting question I would ask yourself as a business owner or business manager. Are you all communicating the same way? Uh, is Are people recording videos? Are they recording audios? What's the preferred method of communication? And you need to have like a communication structure that you're employing without throughout your team and just like one small example of how how you illustrate there the long emails people ignore so how do we make sure we're like facilitating our team to communicate in the most effective way for our team it's going to be different for every team of course but whatever is best for your team yeah 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 it, it's it's important um and it's particularly particularly when you're remote right like a lot of the time there's stuff that just happens there's conversations that just happens when you're in a physical space together all the like right. how are you and you know you can see if your colleague is a bit down and you're automatically like hey what's up and so on right um mm-hmm. but that just doesn't happen online right so i i definitely find that that those com- conversation and having the structure and communication is even more important when you're when you're dealing with online staff right so wherever it's remote staff and uh, wherever it's people working from home but even close to you uh, those conversations mm-hmm. have become so much more important um, yes yeah. and i've 
I there there's a little trick you can use to get some of that more what like water cooler conversation into your company. Um, I, I I coined a term called mullet meetings. Um, mullet, if you don't know, it's the worst haircut style in the world. It's business up front, party in the back. Um, and so I run meetings that way where we'll talk about all the business up front and then we'll enter into a mullet section where it's open communication conversation and what it doesn't have to be about the business. You find people sharing about what their dog got into over the weekend, uh, what they, this club they went to, but allowing for that unstructured informal team building culture type communications that can be part of your weekly meeting. It doesn't have to be something separate. You just have to get your business done and now hang out for a little bit. And you'll you end up seeing these really beautiful relationships develop on your team and people taking an active interest in each other that you find in person. We can replicate parts of it in the online uh, venue as well. Definitely. Definitely. Adam, emotional leadership. Why mm. is that important? Is it important? It's critical. I, I might have said that too many times already, but I had a one of the most influential coaches of my life. He told me two things. He said, the visionary, the CEO of the company is the intellectual and motivational leader of a team. They're casting the vision. They're providing the motivation on where the company's moving and why. The operator, the second in command, the person running the staff is the emotional leader of the team. They are holding together the team and all the disparate personalities that we have. At the end of the day, no matter what business you're in, I don't care if you're doing online learning, your e-commerce, doesn't matter. We're all in the people business first. We are dealing and working with real people, with real emotions, with real ups, downs, wins, emotional outbursts. It's all under the sun. And the second in command in a company is who needs to be the person they're reaching out to. They're going to reach out to someone to try to deal with whatever they have going on emotionally. I've positioned myself to be that person on the team that's being that outlet for them because people are going through stuff, especially if you were like me running an online business during COVID and then BLM and then the elections. And like our team members were going through some serious things and they weren't sure how to perceive the world, their role in the world and our company's role in that world. And what I found is that when I opened myself up to the team, so what one, two very tangible ways we can do this. I have a monthly one-to-one call with each and every one of my direct reports. And that one-to-one call is not about their role in the company. It's just an open forum for them. It's a place where we can, yes, talk about their career goals, some of their aspirations, some of the things they want to do, but also just an open place, a safe place for them to bring their insecurities, the things that are bothering them, the things that they, they're they just not sure about. And they just, they don't need you to solve it for them necessarily, but they need to have a place to unload this negative energy, these things that they're carrying around. And just by sitting there and listening, asking questions, not trying to solve it for them, but just helping point them in that direction where they solve the problem themselves, where they come to a satisfactory conclusion that they can feel comfortable about moving on from. That's really what we're talking about, being an emotional leader. You're providing an output for your team members' emotions, sometimes by doing nothing but listening. 
when you provide that for your team, not only are you doing a great service to them by being that output, that person that just listens, but what are you doing to your team? You're instilling yourself as their support, as the person that they can always go to, that they can always lean on, that they can come to with their biggest problems. And they know that you're going to be there to support them. That's what this really becomes becomes about is providing that that cocoon of support around our team members so they can do their best work. And um, it's not always the most fun thing. Sometimes you get real deep conversations when you're doing this. So what I recommend is finding a way to offload that energy they're going to give to you. You can't carry it with you. You got to find a way to offload it. Um, so some, what I do is I do woodworking. If I, if I have a really emotional meeting, I go to the workshop and I tell you, nothing works out those emotions like sanding a piece of furniture. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing. Yeah. So find so a way to offload that. Uh, the other thing I like to do is just drop in meetings. If someone, if I can just tell from someone's tone in an email or a Slack message or a voicemail, like this guy just got something going on. I'll just say, hey, let's just jump on Zoom real quick. And just being that open voice, just to have a coffee with, you know, those those coffee shop hours that we can have in the virtual environment take you a long way to building that emotional leadership. Solid, solid. And um, what's the output? Like, what, what what do you see when you do this? Like, what, what do you see that you feel is different than other companies? What's different in other companies? So the first tangible output is the companies I've worked for and that I help, we don't have turnover. We don't have employees leave. They stay with us long-term. We are building our team members, helping not only their professional development, but the connections that we're developing within our teams. Um, so that's the really the biggest immediate impact you're going to see as a team leader is turnover becomes next to nothing. Uh, what you then see is that the team is closer. Everyone is working a lot more in step with one another. You understand each other at this new, deeper level. So you can take on a really aggressive really huge projects that you could only dream of a year ago, but now you can take them on today because you have a team that's working in cadence. Everyone's everyone's firing on the same cylinders. And when you are able to create that type of an organization, that's when you can conquer the moon. That's when you can do anything. But Adam, I'm busy. How can I spend all my time sitting just talking to my people? <sighs> well, it's about controlling our access. So that's part of it for sure. Um, what I would tend to do is let the team know, clear and upfront, hey guys, I'll be available from eight to 10 this, this morning. And that's it. And then I would turn off Slack. I would turn off my phone when I had to work on my uh, strategic projects. Uh, it's a balancing act for sure. But no matter what balance you pick, communicate that to the team, let them know when you'll be available and and what, what I found is that when I let them know I'll be available from 8 to 10, they show up and they'll be there. Before that, I would get what I call drive-by slackings, where I'd get the random Slack message at 1 o'clock in the afternoon if I let the team know, hey, if you have questions, get them to me by 10 a.m. because then I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go work on this project. And when we, we do two things with that. We communicate to our team and provide that space in a very clear scheduled manner, but then we also, the time that we have to spend on our strategic projects, the stuff that's going to move the company forward, we actually 
put that into its own box. And we sometimes actually by limiting the time that we're working on a project like that, we actually get greater results because of Parkinson's law, uh, which if you haven't studied, Google that. It's it's a fun little case study on what we end up doing with free time. Um, but giving yourself that restraint is actually somewhat effective. Things take the time we allow them to take. Exactly. So that is, uh, yeah, 100%, 100%. Excellent. Um, what, uh, what, what are some of the best resources that you have seen around? And what some of the best resources you've learned the most from in, in your career so far managing other people? I mean, I, I read constantly. I'm always reading a book here or there. Uh, so in terms of best resources for, for really learning that quickly, uh, I got to go old school. Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you haven't read that book yet, don't rent it from the library. Don't find a PDF. Get yourself a physical copy. You're going to make notes all over the place in there. Uh, the other book is uh, Cialdini's Influence, The Science of Persuasion. Uh, great book on how to become an influential leader and use the different tools of influence uh, with your team. So those are the things I would recommend reading in terms of things to do to make yourself that leader. It all comes down to the basics. It's it's what are you doing to prepare and center yourself to be the person that your team needs. Uh, I like to have a very strict morning routine where I journal, I do a meditation, I pump iron in the morning, I get my sweat equity in. Those are the things that center me and make me into the leader, the, the, the person, uh, emotionally stable person that I need to be to be the best person for my team. Excellent. That sounds great. That sounds great. And tell us a little bit more. How, how do you work with clients and what, what sort of the benefits clients get when working from you, working with you? Sorry. Sure. So the Smooth Operations program is I uh, just came out with this a couple months ago. So it's just coming out of beta. I've been working one-to-one with students, uh, but it's uh, coming into a group coaching program. And what do you get from Smooth Operations? You get a system, an operating system to install in, into your business. This gives predictability to your team. It gives you different planning structures and modalities to work from. What does this do for you as the entrepreneur? It provides you a way to offload the things that you need to offload to continue to grow, to have predictable roadmaps to give that to your team, grow everyone together to this big vision that we have. And yeah, and it takes a lot of the uh, the stuff that tends to cloud up or just fill up our, our to-do list and our task, task list every day. Find a way to take that off your task list and make things systematized and predictable so we can do our best contribution. Fantastic, Adam. Fantastic. So if people are eager to get hold of you, what's the best way to do so? Sure, you can. Uh, I have a podcast as well. It's called the Smooth Operator Podcast. Uh, you can find that through Google or iTunes uh, or Spotify. You can also just go to my website at adamliette.com. That's A-D-A-M-L-I-E-T-T-E.com. Perfect, Adam. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was a great conversation. Thank you, Mads. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, and thank you so much. Excellent. And to the audience, thank you very much for hanging on all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.